Welcome to our Hackle podcast number 35 in the series Classic Take. We will take a classic topic of Mashiach and try to delve a little further into it. The discussion today will be why will Mashiach need to use a shafer? The shir is dedicated to Nishmas Yeshua Yisrom Chol Ben Throughout our davening every day in the Shemir Nesrei, we mention three times a day, We pray that Hashem should blow the great shafer for our freedom to redeem us. And we find also, particularly on Rosh Hashanah, one of the themes of the bracha of the shafris, which we say in the Musab of, of Rosh Hashanah, is discussing the shafer that will be used when Mashiach will come. The fact that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah in particular is connected with Mashiach also has relevance in our practical in the practical way how we blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah. We know that on Rosh Hashanah we blow shofar before Musaf, after Kriyas Atayra. Uh, we blow the shofar with uh, the Lam Natsayach, with the Brachas and so on and so forth. And then we blow shofar also when the, with the when there's a minion davening. We blow shofar during Musaf, and the Gemara actually discusses what is the reason why we blow shofar twice. Technically, we should just ideally the way things should have been is that we should blow shofar only during Musaf because when we daven in Musaf and we're saying the prayers of Malchus Achrein and that is really the time when we're supposed to blow the shofar. So the Gemara asks, why was it instituted that we should first blow Shafer independently of the Shemayna Asrei, and then later we continue blowing the Shafer during the Shemayna Asrei as well? And the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, after Zayin Amit Beis, answers that we do this in order to mix up the Satan. Famous thing that probably a lot of people have heard, the blowing of the Shafer mixes up the Satan. Why does blowing the Shafer mix up the Satan, particularly when we blow it in this manner, that first we blow the Shafer, before Musaf, and then we blow the Shafer again during Musaf. So Teisus over there brings an interpretation that the Pasuk says that when Mashiach will come, the Satan, the accusing angel, which is also synonymous with the Malach HaMavis, the angel of death, will be eradicated. The Pasuk says, Bila HaMavis Lanetzach, the death will be swallowed up forever, which is also understood to mean that death comes from the angel of death and death being eradicated means that the angel of death, the satan, which is the source of the evil inclination, which is the accusing, the prosecuting angel, he will be eradicated when Mashiach will come. So the satan hears that the Jewish people are blowing shofar. Okay, so he says, okay, they're fulfilling the mitzvah of shofar, but then he hears them blowing shofar again during Shemayin Esrei. So this time he's confused what's going on they already fulfilled the mitzvah of shofar so he gets nervous that maybe now is the time that the shofar of mashiach is being blown and it's time for him to uh, get eradicated so he gets all confused and confounded and he doesn't have the ability to open up his mouth and to start presenting accusations against the jewish people so that is why they divided the blowing of the shofar in this manner first we blow the shofar to fulfill the mitzvah so that when we blow the shofar again during Musaf, at that point, the satan will be confused, will be mixed up, and they'll be all nervous, and he won't be able to present any accusations to try to block the prayers of Musaf from ascending to heaven. This is one interpretation. 
a number of others, but, but this is interpretation that's relevant to the manner at hand. Now, what exactly does this mean? Does it mean the certain things that Mashiach is coming right now? So, there's different interpretations in that as well. He's obviously getting nervous. Why is he getting nervous? Does he really think that because we're blowing the shofar in shul, that means that the shofar of Mashiach is being sound? So, one interpretation is the Rebbe brings us uh, there's a sicha, and the the Rebbe discusses this concept of the Satan becoming confused through blowing Shafer. And the explanation the Rebbe brings over there, one of the footnotes, is that it doesn't mean necessarily that the Satan is afraid that Mashiach is coming that second. Rather, he means that when the Satan remembers the future about what's going to happen when Mashiach will come, and he remembers that at that point he'll be eradicated, so that that itself, the uh, the the Coming aware again of what his, of his end that his end is predictable and it's you know could happen any moment that itself is what confuses him what confounds him so it's not necessarily the um, the fact that he thinks that we're we're blowing the shofar and shul that is already the shofar of Mashiach but it reminds him of the future and in this vein there is a, the, the Rebbe brings this down from the smog I think in this vein. There is a Taich interpretation of an interesting teaching of our sages. The Gemara says in Brachas Tafei that a person should always try to get his Yetzir of his good inclination, to be angry, to overpower his evil inclination. And what happens if he can't do that? So the Gemara brings different advice that he should do in order to overcome his Yetzir Hadaf. The different things that the Gemara mentions doesn't work. So then the Gemara says, A person should remind the Yetzirada of the day of death. And what does this simply mean? Simply this means that if he realizes, as the Gemara says, he should say Shema, he should do different things, if he realizes that all of these things are not uh, working, so what should he do? So the last, as a last resort, he should remind himself of the fact that eventually he will die, which... That is, as a last resort, we use that to subdue the Yetzirah. So, the Gemara mentions, dear Baruchas Afeyo Medalif, he should learn Torah, if not, he should say Shema, if not, as a last resort, Yizkelo Yem Hamisa. He should remind the Yetzirah the day of death, which simply means the fact that he, person himself, will, will eventually die. But there's a deeper interpretation of it, which means, Yizkelo Yizkelo Yem Hamisa, means he should remind to him to the Yetzirah, the day of death of the Yetzirah. Instead of focusing on a negative thing about the person's ultimate demise, a person could focus on a more positive thing. He remind the Yetzirah that Mashiach will come when he will be eradicated. To try to think of what the future holds. And that thought could over, also has the power to overpower the Yetzirah. And this this is the way it re- applies to a person's own avoida. You know, the Atreb discusses in Tani and Perek Mamalev, but we say, every morning, how it's you gave me my nisham, and eventually you'll take away my nisham, and therefore, as long as I'm alive, already now I'm connecting myself to you because anyway, eventually my soul will ascend back to heaven. So there's a chsidish that, you know, based on the Rebbe's approach in the last years, instead of focusing on the fact that the nisham will be taken away, there's another focus a person could have, knowing that soon Mashiach is coming and then whatever person is involved with will drastically change and his whole goals and ambitions in life will be transformed. So you should focus on that.
focus on what the future is about to bring instead of having to have to focus on, on something which might be painful, which might be sad, focus on something good, but it has the same effect of overpowering the Yetzirah and reminding ourselves that physical pursuits and temptations and all these things are only temporary. Instead of focusing because person will die, we could focus because Mashiach will come. But anyway, this idea, this concept of Yuzkir Amis is very much similar to the idea that the Yetzirah, the Satan, the accusing angel, reminds himself of his demise, of when he will be slaughtered, so to say, as the Gemara says elsewhere. And therefore, he doesn't have the stamina, the interest to try to cause problems with the Jewish people. There's another interpretation I once heard that the interesting insight that, you know, for us, it's sometimes hard to believe that Mashiach will come at any second. You know, we're so used to exile, so it's hard for us to take it serious in every Rosh Hashanah that really, yes, Mashiach is about to come. But the Satan, he doesn't have a Yetzirah. He is the Yetzirah. He doesn't have a Yetzirah. So he takes it very serious. He, he's really afraid the Mashiach will come. There's nothing, there's nobody stopping him from believing in Mashiach. He tries to do a good job to try to stop everyone else from believing in Mashiach. But he himself knows the truth pretty good. So when he reminds himself about Mashiach's coming, he it's a very serious thing. He knows it could happen at any minute, so he gets very scared. Either way, this is the what we see over here is that the fact that the Shafer of Mashiach is connected with the sound of the Shafer we blow in Shul, every Rosh Hashanah is relevant, according to Tosis, it explains also why and how we blow the Shafer in the manner that we do today. Also famously, Rapsad Yagoin, one of the um, famous Goinim, came even before the Rambam, he wrote 10 reasons, 10 concepts that are alluded to in the sounding of the shofar that a person should have in mind. For example, the sounding of the shofar reminds us of Matan Teira when the sound of the shofar was, was, was blown and so on and so forth. And the last two things he mentions is the various connections between the shofar and Mashiach. And there's different psukim that speak about the blowing of the shofar and the coming of Mashiach. There's a posik that says, you talk about shofar Godel that on that day a great shayf will be blown, and those that are lost in the land of Asher and those that are cast away in the land of Egypt will come, which is a reference to the ingathering of exiles, and in addition, he says, in addition to the blowing of the shayf for the ingathering of the exiles, Absadi Goin brings the um, another posik which says, which we also mention in the in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah that Kol that all those that dwell on the earth and those on, on in the world and those that dwell on the earth when the raising of the banner will on top of the mountains will be lifted up you will see and when the shofar will be blown you will hear. This is a reference to according to the Rapsadi going to Tchiasamesim to the resurrection of the dead. The connection between this verse to the resurrection of the dead is explained by some of Varshim because there's two parts, there's two terms that are used. It says, Kol tevil, all those that dwell on the, in the world and those that rest in the earth. Those that rest in the earth could be a reference for those that are buried in the earth and they will be resurrected with the sound of the shofar. On this same note, some commentaries explain in the Shemayna Esri, we say, 
We pray to Hashem to sound the great shofar for, for our freedom, which could also be interpreted to be referring to two things. It literally means that Hashem should gather in the exiles and free them from their bondage, from their exile and amongst other nations. But it also could mean, in a little bit of a more abstract form, that it's referring to those that are buried in the ground and they are also in their own type of bondage, so to say. They're dead, they're, their bodies are dead, they are unable to move and so on and so you know, and some type of, you know, shibu, uh, some type of beisah surim, some type of prison and, you know, when they will be revived and be able to once again live, so they will be also, also redeemed, freed from their bondage. And uh, obviously in a much different sense than how people will be redeemed from the exiles, but it's still, you could still use the term cheiruseinu, freedom for them as well. So he says that these are actually the things that a person, that are going back to the Psadi going, he says that these are the things a person should be thinking about when you blow the shofar. Some of them is refer, reference to Mashiach. Now, more particularly, is brought down. Um, if you look closely at the different piyutim, at the different midrashim and sources that speak about the blowing of the shofar in the future, it seems from various midrashim that there is really three different times the shofar's reference is used regarding the future. There is the blowing of the sh- there's one this tupsukum that I just mentioned, one pasuk regarding the gathering of the exiles, and another pasuk regarding the Khiasamathan resurrection of the dead. In addition to that, there's another pasuk which says, Hashem Alakima Shafer Yiskab Allah Basaris Taiman, Debish will blow a shafer and he will go with the the whirlwinds of 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 Taiman, which could mean from um from the south, and uh, the pasuk is interpreted by some to be referring to the fact that when Mashiach will come, Hashem will will destroy all the ministering angels, all the or all the, all the nation, all those nations or or powers that are trying to hurt the Jewish people, that they will hear the sound of the shofar that will you know have a negative impact on them that will that will cause them to lose their power. Who will blow the shofar? It's a good question, but the, the question of who will blow the shofar also goes back to the original question, why does Mashiach need the shofar in the first place? What What is the purpose of the shofar? And what is the meaning of the shofar? So over here, as usual, there's a number, there's two schools of thought. There are those that interpret the shofar metaphorically. They say we're not talking about a physical sound of a shofar. Rather, they say that it will be a... Um, these events will be world-shattering events, will be events that will have such a great publicity that it's as if it will be blown, there will be a great sound heard throughout the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will be an actual shofar being blown. However, most of the piyutim and many of the you know, different things that we say in Rosh Hashanah and also in a number of Madrashim, it seems that this is understood quite literally in a, quite, you know, in a very literal sense that the shofar is associated with a physical shofar. You know, in this vein, the Chassam Sefer says an interesting thing. He says that we find in the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah that there's a disagreement between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua when Mashiach will come. Will he come during the month of Nisan, when the redemption will come? So the redemption will come in the month of Nisan, or the redemption will come in the month of Tishrei? According to Rabbi Eliezer, the redemption will come in the month of Tishrei. Why? Because 
we blow the shofar and Rosh Hashanah, and then it says that that day a great shofar will be blown. So it's shofar, shofar, there's a gzeda shavu connected to. So we see that the blowing of the shofar and Rosh Hashanah is associated with the shofar of Mashiach, so it means that Mashiach will be coming in Rosh Hashanah. However, Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is probably more famously known. He says that He says that the future redemption will take place in the month of Nisan. So according to him, what does he do with the verse, with this Gzeda Shava, with this idea that the Shefer of Rosh Hashanah is connected with the Shefer of the Redemption? So the Chassam Shefer says that Rabbi Shul could interpret the Shefer of the Redemption not to be referring to a physical Shefer, but a metaphoric Shefer. There will be a great worldwide publicity to the events that will happen. There will be such great events that they'll have to you know, be heard throughout the world. Their impact will be known, become known and felt throughout the world that we use the term shayf in a metaphoric sense, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the shayf that we blow on Rosh Hashanah, which is an actual physical shayf. On the other hand, again, this is this is one opinion. The other hand, like I mentioned, there are other opinions that do understand the shayf in a very literal sense. It will be a great sound. Now, obviously, everything, even if it will be a physical shayf with a great sound, what will be the purpose of it? What will be the impact of it? So we know, this explains this uh, much stronger than any other source, we know that it's, ex- it's explained that the shafer that we blow, the physical shafer that we blow, represents the simple outcry of the heart. The tzaka pshuta, the tzaka primisalev, the outcry from the innermost part of our heart, is alluded to the sound of the shafer, the simple cry of the soul, which basically means that it's, it's the most innermost outcry of, of a person's heart is reflected by the simple sound of the shafer. What does it mean that there'll be a great shefer that will be sounded when Mashiach will come? It means that there'll be a great awakening stemming from the primius shalomayla, from the innermost levels above, from the greatest revelations above, which will awaken us, awaken the world at large, to prepare them for Mashiach's coming, or to get them ready and to bring about the revelation of the redemption itself. So even the physical shofar that will be heard, even if we will interpret it as a physical shofar that will be heard, the point of the physical shofar will be a vessel for a spiritual sound of the shofar, which is a awakening call, something that arouses us to get ready, you know, to wake up and smell the coffee, as they say, to get ready to greet the to greet Mashiach or Tchias Mason and gathering of the exiles. In this sense, it's, um, let's say when we talk about the gathering of the exiles, Chassidus discusses this much, much more particularly, but just, this is, leads into the next point, which is that the Fidik Rebbe explained, the Rebbe spoke about this Tishrei Tavshin Chavches, Tishrei after the Six-Day War. Fidik Rebbe has a mimer, which he wrote during the Holocaust, which he explained that the two verses that speak about the Shefer, of, the Shefer connection with the future, the end of days, are two separate context completely. One Posek speaks about the Shefer, Hashem will blow the Shefer, will go beside his Taimon, a great storm wind from, from Taimon, from, from the south, which represents great events that will cause, the way the Fidik Rebbe interprets the verse, is great events that will cause, that will awaken the dread in the hearts of people. And he speaks, there was, obviously he was referring to the Second World War, and the truth is, the First world, world War also were events, as Rebbe explained in the Shabbos Bereishis Tavshin Chavches, were events 
that they had a, a great impact, a, a terrible negative impact, but it shook up the world. That's one type of a shape. This reflects one type of a shape. A certain, this reflects a certain mode of events that takes place in the world, which shakes up the world. It has some purpose in a, of a beneficial way to, you know, change, you know, get the world, whatever the Fidik Rebbe explains, to take away evil from the, whatever it was. It, it's hard to, obviously, for us to understand the benefits from it in a tangible way. But either way, that is a shafer in which is matl charoda, just like the simple sound of the shafer, which causes dread into, you know, it, it rouses dread in people's hearts. But there's another type of a shafer. This other type of a shafer is on the contrary, just the opposite. It's a shafer, a great call of love, an awakening of love, which the Ebishter shows the Jewish people to make them ready for Mashiach. And the way that I've interpreted it in the events that unfolded, you know, at that time, Rebbe explained at length how the First World War, the Second World War, were all, all events that made no sense. First World War was triggered by uh, assassination in Europe, and the whole world was at war. The Second World War also made no sense how Yimach uh, Shemayi rose to power. Rebbe, Rebbe explained at length how these were events that were obviously not coming, they weren't the natural cause and uh, effect of natural means. It was, was something that was awakening the world. It was a very negative effect, you know, but it was something that was to shake up the world. Then the Rebbe spoke about the Six-Day War and the miracles that took place at that time and the impact that it had by the Jewish people calling them and bringing them close to the Ebishter. This, the Rebbe said, was already a mayain, a some form of 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 the great shafer that will have a Mashiach will come, the great shafer of love that will awaken every Jew, even the Jew that is, as the Pasuk says, he's lost in the land of Asher, which Chassidus explains to mean that he's so sunk in physical pleasures, he's not interested in Mashiach. Or you could have somebody that has such terrible, you know, tzadah, such terrible things in life that he's feels rejected, downcast. He's, he doesn't feel there's any hope Mashiach could ever come. The sound of the shofar will call them with a great innermost call of love from the Eibushter that will arouse their nekudas ayados, their pintalayid, the innermost connection that every Jew has with Eibushter, and bring them and get them ready to come to uh, to greet Mashiach. Shem should help. We should merit the coming of Mashiach. Hearing the sound of the shofar, it happened. Take it from Yad Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Tudalt's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.